brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? You tapped into the Full Disclosure Show. This is Derek Lamont Williams the first, along with Bottle Rich Green, Dick Dashley, and Lisa Lisa, the little lady of the house. How we doing? How we doing? Oh, hey man, it's still Gemini season. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday to all. Is it still Gemini season? It's still Gemini season. Matter of fact, it's number 45's birthday. <laughs> Is so, it? So, yeah, I'm going to say happy President Obama Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I want to announce we have a very, very special guest on the day. Brother, good friend of mine, one of my favorite people, I have to admit. You know what I'm saying? Educator, activist, brother Samuel Muhammad. What's up, brother? Appreciate. Oh man, appreciate. It. You know I've been trying to get him on for a long time, so you know what I mean. Here we go. Here we go. No further ado. I ain't frying fish right now. <laughs> <laughs> until, until July 1st, so I, you know we got these evenings a little freer than you could use. You know? That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, you know, feel free, man, to share the broadcast. We want to try to pull people in. Let's see who we got here. We're gonna go ahead and. Uh, Get right in the proceedings. It's Ian and Dick Dashley, social media post of the week. Right. Here we go on our, our weekly. <laughs> go ahead, Dick Dashley. <laughs> the weekly challenge. Yeah, the weekly yeah, episode of Who we, Got Killed. Can we get this to work this week? <laughs> hey, so uh, I think y'all y'all know what's going on. Uh, social media post of the week. You know, we, we got this stuff going on with George Floyd. You got Breonna Taylor. You got a lot of crazy things going on. So we just had another shooting. Uh, just two days ago, uh, 27-year-old Rashard Brooks was shot and killed in Atlanta after a confrontation with police outside of a Wendy's. Uh, the video released, released by the Georgia Bureau of Investigations uh, appears to show Brooks take a taser from an officer, run from the police, and then fire at them before he was shot by the two officers. Uh, police told Channel 2 Action News in Atlanta uh, Sunday morning that the officer who shot Brooks was fired. He's been identified as Garrett Roth, a nearly seven-year veteran of the police force. A second officer, Devin Bronson, is on administrative leave. Part of the fallout of this is that uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms uh, announced that Chief Erica Shields has resigned following this shooting. And if you've been keeping up with the news, there was a uh, protest at that particular Wendy's, and that particular Wendy's was set on fire as well. Uh, what I wanted to do is kind of share uh, a one-minute video and then kind of get into things. Uh, Samuel, I want to get some of your, your, your viewpoints, then Lisa, yours as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share a video with y'all uh, showing this confrontation. So this is how it started out. Right. What do you mean you're not feeling right? She... 
officer couldn't handle the situation a little better. I know that he was drunk and I know that he could have been difficult to deal with, but at the same time, you're a police officer and you're trained to de-escalate situations, but we all know that that's not this case with these police officers. Like you said, you know, he could have had him call an Uber. When I watched the video, I believe the guy said that his sister stood down the street. Mm -hmm. So why the officer just couldn't drive him down the street, you know, that would have solved the issue. And, I mean, I don't want to put the blame on the guy, but he was drunk. So he wasn't being maybe how he would carry himself if he wasn't drunk. But being that, being said that, the officer knew where he was mentally. So there was the officer's job, I feel, to carry the situation out a lot different, to handle the situation a lot different. That man should have went home. Yeah. That man should have went home, <clears throat> the bottom line. <clears throat> Regardless of how drunk he was, I mean, you're a police officer. 
And I mean, these police officers are shit, period. So, I mean, what more can I say? I don't, I'm kind of tired of talking about these things, even though I know that we need to talk about them. But I'm just so emotionally <clears throat> exhausted from these situations that I just don't know what to say anymore. But separate yourself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's where I'm at with it. I'm tired of talking. I'm ready for action. All right, Rochelle, uh, Samuel. Gotta mute it. Hold on, Sam. Your your mic is muted. There you go. Okay. I, I agree with Sister Lisa. We uh have spent too much time justifying our existence, you know, trying to convince people. We are human in that era right after right after Reconstruction. We had a whole push to convince Europeans that and, and, and European Americans that we were that we were clean. We would take baths, you know what I mean? Extra baths to prove that we were clean. We would put powder in our hair to try to show them, you know, that we can adopt, check this out, Victorian values and that and that we would be fit for society after slavery, right? And so we, we, we did that with the hope that eventually we would appeal to a moral sensitivity, a moral consciousness that just does not exist. These officers came, not with the intent to be a peace officer, as the brother said earlier, but with the intent to control and dominate. You know, it's a King Kong effect. Every time they see a black man specifically, they want to overreact. We have to learn. And we have to teach our sons to not to trigger officers' uh, sense of uh, entitlement to enforce. You know, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the nation of Islam. Minister Farrakhan taught us. He said, brothers, he said, when the officers pull you over, he said, go above and beyond what they asked you to do because you understand the mentality that you're dealing with. It doesn't make you afraid. It makes you wise. And when it's time to have a conversation, you have a conversation with the man with the 33 and the third degrees that's on that bench. And hopefully then, not necessarily, but hopefully you will engage a wise mind who can, rec who can recognize justice, who can recognize principles, and that you can have an a conversation with, with, you know, these officers, they got a couple of different things to resort to. First of all, I got a word. Second of all, I got a pen with a ticket. Third of all, I got a nightstick. Fourth of all, I mean, I got a handcuff, then a nightstick, then a taser, then a book. And so as each situation, they move from situation to situation, they automatically resort up the chain of command, boom, to the bullet. And it's very rapid with us. There's not a, there's not a lot of patience. There's not a lot of tolerance. There's not a lot of love. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, circumspect thinking. And so now when we see our youth demonized. We see our youth sexualized and painted as violent. And so everybody handled them in that way. And on top of that, then we interject these feelings and thoughts, and we over-sexualize ourselves, and we over we become overly violent. It's reflected in the music. And so now this becomes the culture of people and out of us accordingly. What we would do if we would follow what Sister Lisa said, and she brought out to me a clarion point at our black think tank that we had last week. She said, we need our own stuff. And I, I agree. We can teach our children. Um, we can reroute the, 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 the culture.
cultural damage that has been done to us, we can produce a higher thought, a higher set of principles, and police ourselves, right? We know that African Americans do better in HBCU colleges, the graduation rate is higher. We produce more professionals there, more doctors, lawyers, and engineers. We produce with, with higher degrees in those colleges. We have a higher graduation rate because we are not afraid of our culture in the sense that um, we know how to cultivate and respond to the, the antics and the personality and the, uh, the spirit and the energy and the ethos of, of, of our people. Mm-hmm. And so it, when we begin to police ourselves, boots on the ground, before we get all police go to door, you know, we can create a better energy in our community. I think that's what we're talking about. We aim and can't push them to go door to door, take programs to help people, and we have to put ourselves in to educate our youth how to protect themselves, but ultimately cultivate, you know, our minds and develop the culture, and that's what we have. So, um, Atlanta's going to burn, you know, if it's only crap. And at the end of the day, you know, until we decide to build, city's going to keep having to be burned because we haven't developed the cycle, and we live in a country that sees us as animals and things, and therefore they handle us we learn to act, act in that way. And so now it's like a dog chasing us today. Mm-hmm. You know, we acting out, they enforcing. We acting out, they enforcing. They enforcing and we not acting out. They enforcing and we bowing and capitulating. Showing the best thing that we can show as far as, you know, hey, they're not doing anything wrong, et cetera, et cetera. You know, my neighbor, ironically, this woman, I have dogs outside, she called the police literally 10 times on me in a one month span. Uh-huh. You know, and I, and for dogs barking, okay? And, uh, you know, we tried to accommodate her, bringing me in early. And, you know, and, and talking with the officers, I had to be very careful not to make them feel inferior. I'm educated, I'm strong, I'm not a small man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got a presence. So, you know, I had to make sure they didn't walk around here feeling like she does. Mm-hmm. They took her little story, like a little girl, the little lady at uh, in New York Park. Uh, Amy Cooper. Mm-hmm. The dog, yeah, trying to call the police. Um, had to lose her dog because, you know, she knew she was wrong. But there's a black guy. There's a black guy messing with me. I need help. The King Kong complex. Mm-hmm. So now they gotta send the troops out after King Kong. They gotta send. They gotta send. You know, enforcement to deal with this big gorilla. As he got Miss Jane in his hand, climbing up a building. They gotta hit him with bombs. They gotta tie him up, you know? And they gotta over, over police up to the point of violence, mob mentality. And so I I had to be mindful, and I would have my daughters y'all go inside when I talk to the officers. Because I didn't ever want this to become emotional. And I used to tell the officers, I was like, listen, my daughter see this woman talking to me and them in a very, you know, ugly way. I said, one day my daughter's going to want to fight that lady. Mm-hmm. I said, so, you know, how about how about you tell her to watch your tone because she's harassing her. And so I had to, I had to file and body harassment uh, against her to keep her to pull up, to get her to pull up. Mm-hmm. She was calm and at peace when we talked and very level-headed. You know, we weren't able to pull out, but if the right, the wrong officer would have came, that officer with that, the SS force on his elbow, <laughs> with the thirty, with the thirty-three on, then we would have been, we would have had a problem because 
kind of, he come to airports. He come to bring them back. And he was looking, he would look for a reason to justify his motion. Uh, J.P. Stoner told the, that's the former head of the Ku Klux Klan. He told them in the 60s, he said, take off the road. He said, put on military uniforms and police He said, this, this is and, and judgment room. And he said, this is our new uniform. This is what we will wear into the race room. That's exactly what that's happened. That is exactly what happened. Came out and said, I'll stop anytime you are ready. The FBI just came out and said that there has been an extreme white nationalist element in America's military and police force, and it's a threat to public safety. It definitely is. Let let me read some of these comments, Samuel, and then we're going to turn over there. What's up, Patrick Buckboy Cole? Veronica Thornton said, Pure blood Europeans have no moral compass. History has proven that. Veronica Thornton went on to say, they're not enforcing, they're waging psychological warfare. They're instilling and attempting to keep traumatizing us through fear to maintain complacency. What's up, Gabriel? Ramos Glenville in the building. I want to touch on a, a few things y'all said, man, and, and to get down to the basis of it, when you're talking about, you know, the initial, you know, I've, I've dealt with a, of a, a, a handful of drunk people in my lifetime, you know what I mean? And I know they can be very challenging. It's been nice where I was drunk and and don't remember half the night, you know what I mean? So, you know, running into, Ben and Ben, I remember an incident, I was in a bar, I think Richie was there, and the dude, all the dude was just drunk and he was just talking reckless. He was just talking reckless, you know what I mean? And I could have got offended, and I could have smacked the fire and desire out this guy. But I knew that he was drunk. I knew he probably didn't know what he was saying or doing. So I laughed it off, and I kept it moving. Fast forward to this incident where you have where you just said. I know, personally, police officers, uh, uh, I have friends on the force. I know, personally, a police officer who was drunk and fell asleep at the light and was woke up by the police you feel what I'm saying? I know this happened personally. I know this happened for sure. And the, and the police made sure this person got home safely. You know, so it, it comes into when we're talking about policing our own, being comfortable and knowing who we're dealing with. You know what I mean? Because obviously they, when they look at us, they see one person. They don't see different views. They don't see different personalities. They just see that one person. When we deal with ourselves, you know who's a threat and who's not. You just know. You know, because you you know, because you accumulate, you you're accustomed to the area, you're accustomed to the people, you're accustomed to the environment. So in a situation like this, when you have people who don't know the people that they're policing, you this is what you get. Like you said, they you you said what was stated so eloquently. You have the police officer or the peace officer, and you know you had the, the police officer wants to make an arrest. They want to get that on their. Their resume, you know, they want to buck, they want to get them them bonuses, they want to get them numbers up so they can do what they do, and so they so they, and plus you they want to get these prisons filled, they want to get you in jail, so it, it benefits them to escalate the, yeah. the situation, you know what I mean? It benefits them to say, oh, this guy was resisting, or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? And then it's just unfortunate to have to escalate to. Situation where a man doesn't come home the next day and his life is ruined. I, I, you know, it's nothing else. Like you said, we didn't, we didn't, we, didn't, we can have a show every week. Yeah, oh, the, the brother that every, every, real, every, real, every we can do week. a show yeah. every day. Every week about the, you know. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, it's gonna be another one probably next week. Yes, yeah. gonna and be like, another one tonight. But what I really wanted to highlight too, though, I wanted to you know make sure that we touched on it. And brother Samuel, I think that you 
you know, you articulated your points very well. You know, it's, it's certain stigma, certain things that go along with that. Um, I like how you mentioned how uh, uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has taught you. Don't argue your case in the streets. This is what I want to get across to our young man. I ain't saying it's not being a sucker. I can come get you out of jail. I can't come get you out of casket. This is what I tell my son all the time. Stop with the histrionics. You only going to jail. I'll come get you. I can put that bell up. I can't resurrect you. You know, I can't go to your grave and say, Kali Ma, you coming up. No, it's not that. So calm down. Even if he's wrong, what do you do? Shut up. Don't say anything. And I'm talking to all young men and women. Stop arguing with these people and letting them escalate it because they become judge, jury, and unfortunately, too many times, your executioner right there on the street. We can't do what the white boys do, you know? This is bullshit! Yeah. This is preposterous. <laughs> you know who my father is? Yeah. I'm going to have your badge. Yeah. So just, hey, even if they wrong, for one, shut your mouth because you're incriminating yourself. If you watch that whole video, the cop kept trying to get the man to lock to him, but he didn't. But he overreacted. He pulled away. He fought. Like I told y'all before we came on, if it was me, I probably would have shot him too. I'm just going to keep it 100 with y'all. Y'all might not like it. I'm not saying it's right. I know, we know we're dealing with a drunk person. I'm like, I ain't paying no attention to this drunk dude. You know what I'm saying? Let him sleep it off. Give me your keys. You come get him from the station tomorrow. That's what I would have did. Right or wrong. You know, maybe I would have I would have got a complaint for taking his keys. But I, at least I wouldn't have taken his life. Right. So, um, but they are trained. When the guy ran away, he did turn around. He did point that. I'm not saying he's complicit in his murder. I'm just giving you the facts. When somebody turns around, they're threatened. They are accustomed to using deadly force. I mean, and they're they, not, they, they not aiming for the legs. They shoot center mass. They, I've heard that they threaten when there's nothing going on. Yeah. So we don't think they're going to be threatened <laughs> when there's an actual yeah, movement that's threatening going <laughs> on. And, I mean, he was drunk. And the cop should have handled the situation a lot better. But, I mean, we are in a society where we know that these cops don't handle situations the way that they should be handled. So we can't keep doing stuff or we can't keep putting ourselves in these types of situations. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, it really kind of don't even matter because you can be... Complicit. You can be put pumping gas in your car. <laughs> you can be freaking changing the tire and they're going to shoot you, and kill you. You can be on the cell phone. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't matter what you do, to be honest with you. You can be complacent. You can listen. You can but once talk again, softly. But once again, argue with them ain't helping your case. I mean, you're right. It's not. Kids. I'm talking to the young people out there and the older people who got hot heads, because I'm a hot head. Derek can tell you. I done, I, done, I done got it. Take your badge off. Let's go. You know, I, I'm that person. But so maybe I'm being hypocritical. But I'm just saying, I want to see y'all come home. Going to jail ain't the end of the world. You will come back. In most cases, you'll come back. I mean, look at Sandra Bland. Yeah. She did everything she was supposed to do, and she never came back. So it's not a 100%, but you are lowering your chances of getting killed. These race soldiers out here, some of them going to be doing, they're going to be on their thing. But don't give them a reason to kill you. I ain't saying be no sucker. I'm not saying cop the thing. But you know, in, in, the, in this case, man, you know, some 30 years ago, that, that could have easily been 
me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know them nice, you can't, oh, I did that? What? Yeah. You get out of here. I didn't do that. I ran from the police. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And them, they should have been, they should have been a lot more empathetic towards this man. Cause he probably didn't even, you know, had he would have woke up the next day, he probably wouldn't even remember the whole incident. And that's just sad right there. I mean, but, he wasn't disrespectful. He didn't really give yeah, a at the whole time. Yeah. I will say that. Brother Simon. Yes, sir. Any further thoughts? Yeah, I got some more thoughts. Uh, back in the ni- early 19, like early 2000, 1990, we had a situation where a young brother was uh, falsely accused of a crime, right? So his mother had the idea to shut down the Hall of Fame. It was called Countdown to the Shutdown. And we had brought in Reverend Al Sharkey, Jim Brown, uh, a, a, a local uh, brother that was a solid council person, a black power panther and a black power e-man and it was me in my 20s okay and we took a we, we did a uh, uh we had a town hall meeting on police brutality and 40 people came out and we heard every last single one of their cases and took notes and took this to the meeting with the mayor and we had six points to our agenda and in the six points it was certain things we wanted to see happen in the city <coughs> to bring some equity all right to bring some equity and some justice and some elevated thoughts to you know to the practice of police and one of the things on the agenda was one of the points we got all five met by the mayor with the exception of these well, six but this 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 sixth one was police that was together okay and this is what what the expectation was we wanted police officers to have to live in the city so if you was going to be a police officer we want a residency for police officers and firefighters Anybody who worked under this, you had to live in the city. Mm-hmm. You, know, you couldn't work here. That's one thing, right? And I mind you now, I'm, I'm in my 20s, so I'm a straight pit bull at this point in this meeting. Whereas these older brothers, Al and them, they was, they was finessing with the mayor. I'm like, no. And then the second part was a civil review board, yeah. right? Of the people, by the people, for the people, not the police, police and the police. And so what, what we got was a review board, but it's internal. Right? And so, you know, and then they grabbed a, a reputable person who was supposed to have the moral rectitude to be able to not um, bow down and capitulate and go along with the blue line, you know? But, you know, we haven't seen much come from these dynamics, okay? Much prosecution, um, any of that, you know? I think the first person uh, that, we, that was ever found guilty in the city of Canton happened a few years ago, an uh, officer for violating a black man. All right, and that was his brother John Paraluzzi. And John Paraluzzi was a man with mental health issues, okay? And he was uh, on the roof, you know, disrobed and whatnot. And so he jumped off the roof because he was having a mental health crisis, okay? And he came, jumped off a 12 foot roof, you know what I'm saying? Disrobed. And he got the whooping on the officer, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you get beat by a naked man. He just jumped off the roof, you know what I'm saying? So the officer is minus. It's messed up because he can't beat up that. You know what I'm saying? That's a real crisis. You understand? So they got this tase in the brother. And they tase the. They either. Which one is the one the, the most got the most votes? Is it the tase? The stun gun, right? The stun gun, yeah, I think so. They hit him three times with the stun gun and tased him like 18 times. But because he wasn't in his normal mind state, he ate that. Yeah. Until he, until he expired. So the officers got in trouble for excessive force and they had to pay the families some bills. You see what I'm saying? 
that's the first time in the history of the city of Canton that, that, that I live in and that, that at least St. Derek live in that I'm, I'm down in my office area and that it ever happened. And so this this happened years after the fact that we stood and had these points. It was economic development and some other things, and they did do all of that. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, that dang old police union and, yeah. and, 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 and the, and the <clears throat> setup of our particular uh, setup of our government, our city government, this allowed for this to happen. And I said, well, if it's a charter city, I said we can change that. Yeah. We we, we can change that. I mean, that ain't no. You know, I was always told that the weakness of your excuse reveals the weakness of your will. And on the other side of every excuse, it's a solution to the problem as long as you got the heart to execute. Yes, right. Fact, fact. Drive the desire to execute. That's right. So they didn't have the desire. So they said, listen, we're walking away from the thing. These are old G's. These are bad. They wasn't suffering. None of them were suffering. You see what I'm saying? Jim Brown didn't have no reason to go to the table. We, Iman Malik, his history is, you know, physical shootouts. With drug dealers and police officers in the 60s and the 70s. I mean, it was one of these type of men. Charles Eason, when the Detroit boys came down from Detroit to sell drugs in our community, they physically went to war with them. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? This is this, this like these type of men. All right. So, you know, I'm like, I'm feeling I'm, I'm in great company. So, hey, let, let, let me fight. You know what I'm saying? Let me get it. You know what I mean? But all of that being said, eventually that has to happen. You're talking about defunding the police department. You have to have an oversight. Yeah. yeah it, well, any, there's got to be a checks and balances in anything. Yeah, outside you know, of the... Outside of the police, policing themselves. And one thing you hit on when you said they paid their family, if you were paying out of their retirement fund, I bet you'd see a lot less of this. You tapped into the full disclosure show. I'm Derek Lamont Williams the first. Barbara Rich Green, Dick Dasley, Lisa Lisa, the little lady in the house, special guest, the homie, Samuel Muhammad. We're going to go ahead and slide in the next topic, but... uh. You know, keep it. What's up, Rich? Nice. Keep, 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 uh, keep the comments coming, man. Want to hear from y'all, Miss Lisa? Yeah. So, uh, I'm gonna talk about these thriving black towns. We always talking about how the towns have been uh, burnt down and the white mob coming destroy these towns and everything. That's what we always focus on, and I believe. That's part of the agenda to keep us down, but they always want us to focus on the negative. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, there's got to be some thriving black towns that are in existence today. So I dug, a, dug a little, did a little digging, excuse me, and found out that from the 1865, from 1865 through 1920, that there were 50 black, all 50 created towns that were all black. And um, out of those 50, there are 13 surviving today. And um, they are Langston, Bowley, Clearview, Lima, Brooksville, Tatum, Vernon, Redbird, Tra uh, Taft, Grayson, Renterville, Summit, and Tallahassee. So with that being said, um, I think that I am an advocate for self-government. If y'all don't know by now, I'm an advocate for self-government. I'm an advocate that we need to uh, get a group of us and just do our own thing. And I'm like, you know, if these towns can, 
And granted, these towns have went through an economic distress and and they're not as thriving as they were in the beginning stages because of the Great Depression hit them and, you know, they moved out and everything. So the population in some of these towns are very small, you know. But if these towns can thrive with just, some of them has as little as 63 people in the town. And you know what I'm saying? So if they can thrive, then why can't a group of us thrive and do the same. I just think that we need to stop focusing on, I mean, that's not, I'm not saying forget about it and erase it and don't talk about it because that is our history. And without learning our history, we will repeat it and we don't know where we're going. So I'm not saying don't talk about it, don't think about it. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that let's focus more on the town, the, the towns that are thriving today. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And let's, let's thrive with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's join them. If not, get our own community that's joining them and make it bigger because at the end of the day, as I said, this government ain't for us. So we can keep on voting. We can keep on marching. We can keep on hollering. We can talk softly. We can kneel. We can write letters all damn day long. But guess what? They had people doing that before us. And they had people doing that before them. So now we're literally in a state of insanity. So I don't want to keep being the same. So what I'm saying is that if these 13 towns can thrive with just those little bit of people, then why can't we? You know what I'm saying? And let's make history. Let's make history. Let's not be a part of history. Let's make history. You know what I'm saying? We can settle in this town together for mutual protection and economic security. You know what I'm saying? We don't have that here. I don't feel safe. Not just in my neighborhood. I don't feel safe in this country. I don't feel safe going to another town. I don't feel safe going to Walmart because I don't know what the next man, what the white man is thinking. And that's not to say that all white men are negative, all white people are negative, but I don't know who is and who isn't. And this isn't a maybe, let's take a risk, let's take a chance. This isn't that type of situation because at the end of the day, if you lose, (laughs) there's no coming back. You know what I'm saying? So I think all us Negroes need to get together, color folks need to get together, <laughs> put our money together, and stimulus checks is on their way. You know what I'm saying? So let's stay with that stimulus check, let's do some research, and let's be the 14th town to come together and thrive gotcha. and police ourselves. We ain't got to worry about these, these things happening. That's right. You know what I'm saying? If they do happen... We know who, and we are in charge to hold these people accountable. So, I digress. Samuel. I like that. Y'all remember as far as, that's my spiritual father. So sometimes people bring up things just to, uh, for, uh, as a fad or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just to like, to make, to make, even polarize, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm this. I don't bring it up in that context. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm bringing them in the context of my uh, a thought process, you know what I'm saying, and ideology, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, principles that liberate, all right? Um, we, we, we've always wanted, from the most honorable life to to have states that we call our own. We always believed that prophetically, at one point in time, that America would be forced to give us some states, right? And that we would come up 
And, and the process looks a little bit like this. When a baby's in the womb and it no longer can, can be held in that womb, when its systems have developed to the point where it's trying to come out, its head is trying to crown, and the blood is beginning to spill, and that's where we're at right now, we see a consciousness amongst the young people where they say, listen, I'm tired. What Sister Lisa is reflecting is moving through the masses. Now, we still got a lot of people that are saying, well, let's just try to do something, but everybody want to do something. And when it gets to the point where the dissatisfaction is heightened enough, like we just left Ahmaud Arbery, then boom, we slid into Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, and then boom, we right here. With, what's the brother's name again in Atlanta? I'm Rashad, Rashad. Rashad, what's his last name? Brooke. Brooks, Brooks, right. Mm -hmm. Brooks. Now we done moved to Rashad Brooks. You see what I'm saying? And they, 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 y'all, Wendy's, y'all call? Y'all the ones you call police? We're running it down. And see, now, you know, you got elements that, that, that deal with this whole concept of anarchy and not having government. That's moving amongst Europeans. But our people are saying, you know, they're, they're to the point where they're saying, listen, give me liberty or give me death. They're saying stuff. Like the founders of the Constitution say, you know what I mean, and the, and the founders of America. And so, you know, one thing we want to consider: if we're talking about having a town, that's that baby that's attached and affixed to America's ability. Mm -hmm. That means you still got to feed off of some of America's system. You got to feed off of America's economic system, even though you have a town. Highway system, even though you have a town. Electrical grid, even though you have a town. You know what I'm saying? Gas supply system, even though you have a town. Water supply system, even though you have a town. If the town comes to need to defend yourself and to defend your agency or your autonomy, that's how we have to begin to think. Yeah. So are we talking about being able to meet our own needs educationally, being able to meet our own needs economically, being able to meet our own needs politically and to have this type of infrastructure constitutionalized in a city government or in a locale? You also have to be able to defend that because every time we do this, they come. They come with ferocity. They come with jealousy. They come with the intent to destroy. Hell, we couldn't even have BET without Bob Johnson being forcefully taken over. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they say once Bill Cosby decided to buy NBC, that became his great point of legal concern. Because now we got a break before it. See what I'm saying? We gotta we gotta break you because you wanna own a major media artery. Not just the old network, which is a subsidiary, you know what I'm saying, kind of an ancillary, you know what I'm saying, type thing on the outside. It's not the thrust, the driving thrust, the impulse of a society. And once we get that, then you gotta be prepared to fight for that. So we believe the time is coming. You know, wherein um the planning to take place, wherein life is gonna be lost. And ultimately, there will be an imperative. And I think that the beauty of our community, above all things, is that once we once we get our stuff, we'll show America what a more perfect union looks like. We'll show America what justice looks like because we're not going to want to harm nobody because you look up a team. Correct. You put your mind state right. You come with the mindset of white supremacy, you have no place here. If you black with the mindset of white supremacy, you have no place here. Look at Miles say something and the Cultural Revolution. Mm -hmm. Take this as a lesson. Ma'o said anything that's British don't got no place here. If your haircut is British, you better, you better comb it different. <laughs> or she you you're going to have to check out the game. If you like British music and, and violins and all of that, you're going to have to be burning all of that. We're burning the textbooks that the British now. We have to 
have a mental transplant. You have to have a psychological shift. And it's taking place now. It is. But that's work before we move anywhere. We gotta we gotta get the mind state that our people have and redevelop that. And so my thought on separation and building our own reality, right now in our city, we have to get into little clusters and into our states and get in clusters and go on a major re-education campaign to prepare our people to carry the heavy load of what you are suggesting. And we have some and I'll be done with this last thing. We've been practicing that consent. But minister has told us a long time ago, it's not for no dang on four walls. We are nation building and preparing to do this and implement this across our people, no matter what you call yourself, Hebrews, Christians, you practice traditional African religion. We think we feel like it's the same religion. And that's how that's what we teach. So we believe that we can get along as long as we have mutual respect for one another, but really have the guts and the infrastructure and the mentality to be able to you know, provide for ourselves. I agree, I agree. We had a comment from the last segment. Veronica Thornton said, the whole system has to be dismantled and recreate our own governmental system from scratch. Uh, and that's basically what, what, what you and uh, Lisa was talking about. Lisa, I got to piggyback. I got to agree with you. Um, you know, you know, I've been on this for a minute, so you talked about this making me happy. Uh, people, we talk about black community. It's not really... A black community. I mean, it's us throughout Pan-Africanism or a diaspora, yeah. But a community, the root word is commune. To commune is a group of people working together to thrive and have their own. A community has their own banks, their own schools, and their own police force. And then Brother Samuel came, uh, gave us some good things. Your own water department, your own gas. You know, we, we have to seed as much as we can from dominant society if that is to work but we need to make that first step well and i believe that that consciousness is here with the kids i agree and oh go ahead uh the yeah so in order there there is a technical term for us to gather and govern ourselves i would think samuel if you didn't catch the show a couple weeks ago i talked about something called home rule and home rule is exactly that where a group of us get together and create um, a community. Now in this community, we have to be able to sustain ourselves. We have to be able to have our own water, trash, electric system and everything. So, I mean, it's very possible. And um, I think that, like I said, we can get our heads together and put, and put our heads together and come up with how to do this. Myself, I've been doing my own little research myself, so you know what I'm saying? I got some ideas and I got a little understanding of how to go about it. I'm not completely in the know yet. You know what I'm Give me a couple weeks, I'll let you know. A, B, C, and one, two, three. You know what I'm saying? But I think that we just need to pack up and go. And then once we get to wherever we got to go, then that's when we start to deprogram ourselves. And the ones who are already where we're at, they're going to come with no problem. You know what I'm saying? And then the ones that come, and they, once they start seeing how the positivity is flowing, once they start seeing how everything is going, then everybody will jump on the bandwagon. But I think when we go there, the first thing we need to do is make sure we're secure, we have our security. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing we need to do before we even start building, in my opinion. And then once we get the people in there, then we start to deprogram them, you know. But 
I think that the people that will be first on train will pretty much be not deprogrammed, pretty much have an understanding of what needs to be done. That's how I feel. And I feel like I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of talking about these same situations. I'm tired of watching TV. I'm tired of watching the news. Like, I don't want to talk about it no more. I just want to research and go. And that's how I feel about it. So, let's get this going. You are tapped into the... Who's that? You tapped into the Full Disclosure Show. Bobby Rich Green, Dick Dast. Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of house, special guest, Mr. Samuel Muhammad, Veronica Thorne just chimed in. <clears throat> the key will be to get with people who have done it. Native American tribe, the Moors, hell, even the Mormons have done it. Pick their brands and take what we can use and exactly. leave the rest. I, exactly. I think, like, when you are trying to learn a sport, or you're trying to learn something new, don't you study the greats before you? Don't you study the ones before you? So that's what we need to do. We need to study the people before us, the people that have built and established towns, the people that have tight security within their groups. You know what I'm saying? The people that are now thriving now that may have started something, a, 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 a town or something, in the 50s or 60s or whatever, and they're still thriving. Let's study them because I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know how to read and I know how to comprehend what I read. I can comprehend very well, you know, and I'm smart as, I'm smart as shit. So, I mean, that's all it took because the people before us, they didn't know what they were doing, mm -hmm. but they had sense. They could read, they could understand, and they know what needed to be done. So there's nothing to it. Let's stop listening to these negative things that tell us we can't. Let's stop worrying about Tulsa. Oh, well, we can't do it because, you know, they came in and they burned down Black Wall Street, so we already did that. Next move. Well, guess what? We already protesting, but you're still protesting. So why not do something? Why not repeat that part of history? That's how I feel. Patrick Boboy called said, Amen, Lisa Burnett. And uh, we're going to go ahead and slide in to this next topic. And uh, I want to discuss, man, this uh, Veronica Thornton said, I got you, Miss Lisa, with the hand clap emojis. And uh, the, the the whole idea now where we have the, the debate, <laughs> all lives matter versus black lives matter. You know, you still have this, these line of people when you say Black Lives Matter. Well, 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 well all lives, well, all lives matter. All, all lives matter. You know what I mean? These type of people, and then it's, it's you know people who still don't understand the sentiment behind Black Lives Matter. Not the you know the the protest organization. I'm talking about the sentiment here. You know, so we would like to try to help. I just had a, a a young lady on my page that posted that she, a black lady that she doesn't support the support the Black Lives Matter movement, and of course you know I had to get my popcorn and jump in the comments because you know they 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 jumped all on her head you know what I mean and when she said but all lives matter and it's like you know but I have but you know that you know they still don't get the understanding the sentiment why we have why we the need to say. Black Lives Matter instead of, or uh, uh, to make 
uh, uh, to single out to say Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying, so uh, brother Samuel, we like to dig into that a little bit. We're gonna go around the tr- table. To speak towards the issue of all lives matter, versus black lives. yeah, yeah, you still have the, yeah, the, the whole, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you know, the reality is, is this you know, and I, I know you all know, um, we wouldn't have to say, I'm not talking about the organization, black lives, matter, right? We talk about the sentiment, yeah, yeah, we talking about the sentiment, and, and people, because black lives matter has become a accident, has become a, a quote, a very vibrant and alive principle. You know, we have to talk about it because the context in America has been that it has not. Been. And mm-hmm. so all lives matter is a defense mechanism. That quote is a defense mechanism. Anytime you turn on the light, your eyeball automatically restricts light. And if you can block out light, it keeps from burning your retina. So when people have thoughts that are uncomfortable, their brains do different things to keep from handling what it is that you're talking about. One thing is changing the topic, right? The other thing is going to sleep. So they try to put you to sleep by saying all lives matter. They want to change the topic. No, the topic is that you let you know. The topic is that they just found a brother outside of LA, two of them, hung by the neck. Right? That's just that's just to yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Right? So so now, you know, you can't say um there's no context. The context is that, you know, black lives don't matter in America, right? Mm-hmm. And with that being said, you know, we have to talk about it. And we have to do something about it, right? And we are doing something, doing something about it. Um, with that being said, the conversation of all lives matter is just an attempt to keep from dealing with what really has to happen. And I'm going to talk about it from black people's perspective. You said it was a black woman who said that. Our people yeah. psychologically have to be ready to do for self. You don't just do for self because it's just cool. You have, you have to have a psychological capacity to handle the fact that when you begin doing something new, it don't look like a finished product. So we very judgmental. We, you can't even go to a black restaurant and the food is a little off. I'm never coming back. You can't go to a black school and the principal check your bad behavior child and, and, and sit your child down and give your child some of what you should have gave your child. Without this black school like this, this black school like that, white man's ice is colder. We, we have psychological issues. We have introjective, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be wise in, in your approach to doing things that reflect self-governance because you have to prepare the people for that. You have to prepare the people for the fight. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It's not what we're talking, it's what we have done. We set up our own educational system. Many schools across the country, when the police came, he fought, bop, 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 bop. The police got a, a bunch of time trying to enter Muhammad's mosque. They lost the fight. Sometimes lost their life. This is history. Same talking. You see what I'm saying? In, in a lot of small cities right there in the 80s and the 90s, we fought physically. Now, with that being said, the same talking. This is practice now. You still have the dynamics that have to be weeded out. So the Honorable Black Mama said, after we fought them, I went back to the mosque today and did nobody come. Because they had been shaken in a deep way. So he had to rebuild that entire community up. Because they weren't ready for that type of action. Say what you want to say. But when, it, when, when the fight happened, you see what I'm saying? And when it's time to return and to get back into that, are you prepared to handle that? We have many, many layers of psychological damage. Not that we run it from it, but proper preparation. You know how they say proper preparation 
uh, proceed so you don't get people in front. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so now all lives matter is a reflection of our issue. It's a reflection of our defense mechanism. That has to be worked out while we are doing this independence thing, while we are doing the creation of our own nation. You know, when we go get the farm, we get crops out of our farmland. The nation of Israel got farms. We get crops. I just ordered 50 pounds of beans from my bean farm for the rest. You see what I'm saying? And there's other things that we buy. You know, this is the process. You start doing the things necessary, and then you move to a point where, hey, now let's go buy an allotment. Let's go buy us a, a, a whole neighborhood in Georgia. Let's go buy us a whole neighborhood in Michigan. Or let's go buy us a whole neighborhood in Ohio, a little town, and we can go ahead and get busy. I want to know about something, Sister Lisa. Um, what's that you call it? Home something? I didn't hear, but I, I want to hear it so it's I can learn about what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? That right there. And then I also like a list of those towns. Did you say Lima? No, these were these were towns that were in uh, Oklahoma. Did you know that Lima, Ohio also was a settlement for black people? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I just Lima, learned that Lima. learning this. I just ran into that information learning this. Check that out. So I, I'm interested if you could post that up on the page so that I can like because I'm a history man, you know, so I like to look into it, but hey, it's time. It's time. And it's gonna happen. You know, and uh, I like what we're getting ready to do. Just our first little pool of the monies together with the two for two fund, two dollars a week for a year, $104 an individual, two years, $208. And we take that to the bank and we leverage it and we get busy. So we begin to construct our Black Wall Street. So we got an economic system there, right? Boom, we throw the educational system and we tie to that. There are certain things that happen when you begin to build a nation. History has spoken. Get you some land. You have education set up immediately, mm-hmm. and you have industry to fuel education and to make sure that your society is together. Mm-hmm. And as you have industry tied to education, then you've got to defend industry and territory, and you begin to promote your ideology amongst the people, right? Mormons case in point. They begin to you can't do everything that does not Mormon based and thought of mentality, right? So even at even at BYU. You can't even have, you know what I'm saying, relations. If you get kicked out, if you have some relations that that in 2001. You know what I'm saying? So they have an idea that's at the center of their community. Community, common community, right? And so we build these things amongst our people, and we get ourselves in a position to get with because we have to reprogram. It's not fearful. It's it's circumspect and wise, right? And how you approach doing for self. And so... uh, I'm with it. And I love the fact that as I'm approaching 50, I love the fact that I get a chance to see the things that I've given my life to, all of the doors that I've knocked on, all of the energy that I've poured into the community, all the programs, people ready. Students that I taught are becoming ready. Adults are becoming ready. You know, I'm sorry if I went too long, but I'm ready. You know, beautiful. Man. That was wonderful. We did have somebody comment. Patrick Bubba Moy said, um, in relation to the all lives matter versus black lives matter sentiment, he said, but all lives aren't in danger like black lives. And uh, you hit something on the head, my brother, both you and Lisa, I'm, I'm loving the conversation today. Um, the all lives matter sentiment is just a way to kind of shut you up. It's just like when you're talking to certain people and they just say, well, I'm going to pray for you. Mm-hmm. It's really just a way to dismiss you. It's a very dismissive thing. 
And I also like that you talked about the mentality. You know, as much as we talk about dominant society trying to keep us down, it's going to be people within that's going to keep that's going to try to keep you down because they're programmed to think like dominant society. Like you said, their ice is colder. You know, it's like uh, you you go to a, a black restaurant, you get bad service one time, you never go back. But you can go to Applebee's and get be racially discriminated, but you're gonna be back in there in two weeks and giving them another chance. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, you know, it's a, it's an absolute. We have absolutes with each other, but you know, the thing is, we have to realize that uh, this is a front-running nation, and uh, we follow uh, our people follow the nation. So it's like, and when I say the nation, I, I'm not talking about uh, Honorable Lewis Minister Farrakhan. We did, we'd be good, you know, and and you know, that's not. I, you know, I'm, that's a whole other conversation. I, I respect the minister all the way, and I like what you said too about the groundwork. The groundwork has to su surround industry. And I tell people when they set up the society, what came first, politics or industry? Industry came first. Then they created politics to protect to protect their interests, and they made sure that the politicians, the judges, whatever, did their bidding. So the ground rules, Lisa, it's been laid for us. We we need to do it. And then also, Brother Samuel hit some on the head. The schools is a big thing. Remember, we talked about this uh, when we talked about Dr. Umar. Why hasn't he launched a school? Well, did you want that school to work for a year? You wanted to work for a lifetime. So if we have the industry feeding the schools, now we got a strong school system. If you ever want to look up something, check out Kalamazoo, Michigan. If you start in eighth grade there, from eighth through 12, once you graduate, the businesses pay for you to go to college for free. That's having a community. I mean, there's certain things that we can put together that we can do. I'm loving everything that I'm hearing. Economic base has to be the key. We can build as many homes. We think sometimes when we see homes going up in certain neighborhoods, it's progress, but it's not. You can say Black Lives Matter all the time, but unless you have some economics behind that, ain't nobody listening. The only reason why they're hearing you now is because sports is off TV and our energy is directed somewhere. It's cohesive and it's moving forward. They're going to do their best to get our, our mind distracted again. Be ready for the NFL to come back. Be ready for the NBA to come back. But just know that when you have these people, and I'm getting back to the point of Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, it's not saying that Black Lives Matter more. It's just, it's, it's horrible that we even got to say it. And the incident yesterday uh, with Rashard Brooks is an illustration of why we have that sentiment. Of Breonna Taylor is why we have that sentiment. Of George Floyd is why we have that sentiment. Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin, you could go on, Sandra Bland, you could just keep going on and on. We have to say this. Not only so they believe it, but so we can believe it as well. You know, because I have to see value in you in order to see value in myself. And we have to get back. And this one thing I think we're missing. Black Lives Matter, we got to put women ahead of everything, our women and children. If you, we ain't going to ever be respected as a people if we don't start respecting our sisters. We've got to put them at the forefront. Everything has to be done I'm not saying baby y'all, because you know y'all y'all be a trip once y'all get spoiled. But what I'm saying is y'all gotta be protected. We as men, we have to be your protectors. And we gotta be willing to die for you, and we gotta not dis disrespect you in front of the world stage anymore. That that has to end. No more B's, no more H's. I mean, we're gonna get down for real. We're gonna talk, you know, we're gonna talk our talk. You know, we, we got it's one thing, but as far as a public in image, we have to uphold you. We can't be no more B's and H's and all this music and all this stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sounding like an old person right now, but we got to get on that. We got to show our lives matter, but our women matter and our children matter. We got a comment, Vindy, I'm passing to you. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Lisa said, me personally, whenever I make moves, educating myself on the topic and common sense is my primary tools used. And once uh, people grasp that, our people will be able to begin to make life-changing moves. So I say, and I like something Samuel said, going back to the history, the etymology of how you got here, you must know that it was designed for you to be here. It's not from your, your inferior or something like that. If everything was fair, you'd be ahead. That's why they make everything hard for you. But this is our chance because you even got... We're not. We're the majority because we're everywhere. You can't get nobody else without us. So we're the majority. So they want us to feel that way because, feel negative about ourselves because of how powerful our genetics are. That's just one of the reasons. That's how I see it. Facts. You understand? Mm -hmm. So because of that, they're going to keep bringing us down and keep bringing us down. So yeah. we need to realize that. And until we realize that and move on our own, we're not going to matter. We're going to keep arguing about how important we was. We didn't matter in the damn 1600s. It's matter now. That's what you're saying. That's matter now. That's matter now. That's matter now. You know what I'm saying? So I just think until we build our own, that we just going to keep crying that we matter. And they're going to keep looking at us like, shut the hell up because you don't matter. <laughs> Hey, Veronica Thornton said two things. I'm sorry, I missed you, Veronica. You can only show someone the way. It's up to the individual to decide. She went on to say, oh, they can't wait for everything to open back up so the distractions will be amplified. And Lily Mitchell went on to say, what do y'all think about the NBA opening back up with all these protests? Uh, well, I think you heard, heard our sentiment is like, hey, let's yeah. hold off. Yeah. But, D, come on, man. I know you're about to bring something, bro. Well, I mean, for one... You know, the sentiment like when they say, well, you know, we don't, we, black lives have to matter to us. Like when I hear that, oh, I get offended. Yeah, I do too. I get offended. Like, and that's because, not what I meant when I was saying that. I mean, but that's, yeah, yeah. but that's what, what we said. Well, black lives don't matter to us. And, and just to shout out to Samuel, I was just a part of a wonderful panel that he had. We had educators, you had doc, you had all kinds of people. And these brothers and sisters are in the neighborhoods every day, you know, helping people, doing great things, and they go pretty much unnoticed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Unappreciated. Mm -hmm. So, but, you know, and then you have what I call the loud minority, which you have a couple knuckleheads will do some, and, you know, and I know Sammy, well, you had, you know, they, you want to, you don't want to talk to the shooter. You, it only takes one guy. Let me use the example, the man Nipsey Hussle, right? Nipsey Hussle was doing what we were just talking about. He, he bought his block. He was he was empowering his family. He was empowering his community. Everybody everybody loved Nipsey Hussle. Everybody in that community loved Nipsey Hussle. But you had one guy, one, and that's all it took. One guy that was jealous and and. That's, that one guy didn't believe Black Lives Matter. That one guy didn't believe his life mattered, mm -hmm. and he didn't believe Nipsey Hussle's life mattered. And because you had that one guy, now we don't believe, uh, we don't, all lives don't matter that's to right. us. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I think... That's that idiot. Yeah, that's that idiot. That's the, 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 the loud minority that, you know, you, you may have a neighborhood or community with 200 people, and you might have a gang with 10 people, but because they're willing to do you know, things that we don't want to do. You know, I don't want to get in no gangster shit. You feel what I'm saying? I don't want to get in no... So, it's like, you know, those those are the 
people who it don't matter to. To right. to like we have a cookout. You know when you had a cookout and everybody telling everybody kicking it black, everybody having a good time, and then you have a knucklehead come and piss on the parade. You know what I mean? So yeah, but you know we gotta say it for that. I ain't gonna say it on this show. <laughs> yeah, whatever, but you know whatever we get together. Okay. So but so so when we say <laughs> black lives have to matter to us, I feel that they do already. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel that they do, but it's like some people and, and it becomes a dismissive mode that y'all I think y'all eloquently stated. You know, some people saying black lives matter probably tastes like shit in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> they just can't say it. Like, can like, always, can yeah. always. You know, and it's that mechanism. So it's that mechanism that 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 prevents them that not understanding that prevents them from understanding why that sentiment is even here at this time. You know what I mean? It's like they just can't deal with it. So yeah, exactly. That's gaslighting. That's what people do when they want to create cognitive dissonance to the ones that they want to exploit. You got a problem. You got an issue. Yeah. Your problem, your issue is, is, is the reason why we can't get along. And so let me highlight your issue. But really what it is, it's a weak, it's a weak minded brother or sister. You do not want to do what's necessary to improve their community. Let me go to the mayor to let the mayor make my problems better. Let me go to the schools and make the schools y'all make our problems better. But when it comes down to it, when you got to do what's necessary to improve the community, and somebody get out there and try to start doing it, right? They want to defend our community or they want to feel for our community. Oh, y'all want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Oh, I thought Black Lives Matter. The people that shooting at night, that ain't the ones that saying Black Lives Matter is the truth. So really, you a coward. Right. You're a coward and Facts. Disingenuous person. That's what to me is a right I gotta break you down and feed off of your spirit, feed off of your energy, right. make me some money. I don't believe in my own agency. I don't believe in my own strength. I don't believe in my own ability. So I gotta extract life from you. That's some sucker mess. And I I believe that our people who are even bothering to say. Oh, I thought Black Lives Matter. I think they're just the ones on the verge of waking up because they're troubled by the agitation of the young people. It's irritating them. It's making them lose sleep and lose rest, and it's making them wake up. And so now they're going to have to deal with that angst that they feel because these youth ain't going to stop. They ain't going to keep killing us. These youth going to keep waking up, and eventually they're going to say, hey, I got to take responsibility for what I have neglected. But I have willfully and ignorantly neglected. We was told what to do. We opted out to do something else, and it's biting us in our behind. One last statement. Our youth look like aliens. They look like creatures. And our and the elders are scared of them because they have not cultivated them. So now you always, when I, they, they rebelling in the street, they aliens and creatures. When they shooting up the street, they aliens and creatures. Take responsibility for what you claim to love. Brother, I said, Phew, what do he say now? Yeah, <laughs> she's like, yes. She agreeing with the brother Samuel. Hey, hey, man, D, we talk about this a lot on this show, Lisa. You know, we talk about the youth a lot. I'm very proud of the youth. I always, I, I've been singing the praise for this generation. This generation is understanding the financial systems better than we did. They don't have the wool over their eyes. I don't know if it's just... Like they've been less indoctrinated. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. But they they don't look to dominant society as that's the way we need to live. 
when we were being raised, our parents were still kind of on that act like this and act like well, that. Well, you know, I think part of the real is, you know, this generation is raised in the information age. You know, our information was shoveled to us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they, 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 this generation gets information from everywhere. Mm -hmm. So when they see something, they're more likely to, what you know, challenge something than, than we were maybe at that age. Because the information we was getting was from Chuck D and Karis One. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, and, and, and the truth of the matter is, it's still up to us to guide them because there's still a lot of misinformation out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, all of it's always up to God. So it's like, man, I, some some of the stuff they're trying to do, but you know, maybe this is just me, but you know, we we got to build our own. We got to make sure that we land up the plans. Lisa, I'm I'm very proud of you and what you on. You know. I've, I've, I've been saying it, but you took that torch. You, you just took the thirst is real. Yeah, so it's, it's always been an economic thing. I mean, I, it's something I always wanted to do, even when I was younger. But I was uh, a lot less knowledgeable about it and didn't understand what was needed. Didn't understand how to go about it. All I knew was that these folks was crazy, and I <laughs> needed to get the hell away from y'all. That's all I knew. You know what I'm saying? But now I'm older. I've educated myself. I ran into a group. Uh, group of great people that are educating me and I'm educating y'all and I'm learning. Give me all the tools. So, okay, y'all y'all ain't gonna do it, then I'm gonna be I'm gonna do it and I'm come gonna, on, let's go. Yeah, let's go. You Patrick, know what I'm saying? Patrick, okay, yeah, see, go ahead, Patrick go ahead. Buckboy Cole said, I'm glad that our men aren't inspiring to be pimps no more. It was a huge thing at one time. Now let's not remember black exploitation is what put that in your head. Mm -hmm. They glorify the negativity. It's just like when we had our renaissance of hip hop, you know, we had Karis One, Poor Righteous Teachers, you know, you, you had you had NWA, but even when they was talking ignorant stuff, for every one song they had that was disrespectful, they had something that was introspective. Then you had these companies come in and start giving these kids money to, to just sell out their own thing and only talk about glorifying riches and, and all that other stuff. I, yeah, they ain't, they ain't pepping no more. They're just kidnapping them, Pastor Boy Boy. They ain't finessing them no more. Sure. Hey, Brother Samuel, I want to thank you humbly for, for being a guest on the show, man. You know what I mean? There's not, there's not a brother more passionate about his people and his city of Canton than his brother. It was a really great show. I want to thank everybody for commenting, for your comments and tuning in. And uh, man, tell it you know, tell the people in your life you love them, cause tomorrow is not promised to no one. You know, it's all love all day. Thanks again, and we out. Peace. Peace.